Welcome to One Chapel. We're a family of neighborhood churches in the Austin area. Our vision is to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. It's a place to connect, grow, and serve the communities where we live. You can learn more about One Chapel and how to get involved at onechapel.com. And now, here's this week's message. Thank you, everyone. I don't know how I can live up to that, but we'll see. Um, I'm, my name is Zach Parsley. I'm one of the youth people, and I am so happy to share what the Lord has put on my heart with you this morning. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. How many Chief fans? One. How many 49er fans? How many Cowboy fans? Yeah. Um, I, because it's Super Bowl Sunday, I thought I would share a small joke, and usually you don't want to announce that you're about to share a joke, you just say the joke in case you're wanting any comedic lessons, but at the risk of saying a dad joke, I will tell you this one. Many, you've prob- many of you have probably seen it, but it's short notice, and my friend, he bought some Super Bowl tickets, they're like $3,500. They're really good seats, and he needs someone, some of you have probably seen this, he needs someone to go in, in, in his place. He needs someone to take his place um, because he bought these tickets in a year, but what he didn't know was a year ago when he bought them that this was going to be his wedding day today. So he needs someone to replace him, um, and this, she's 5'4", about 115 pounds. She cooks really good. She'll clean your car, and so it's at St. Paul's uh, Baptist Churches down the road, so you can talk to me after service if you need. Um, uh, yeah, all right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to study the scriptures? All right, Lord, thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. God, I ask that you would illuminate our path this morning. Show us more about who you are, about your character. We love you, and we're thankful for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. All right, everyone, so over the past few weeks, we've been talking about prayer, and it's been very good. We've been talking about the Lord's Prayer, and what it is, why it's important that we need to be people who pray. Jesus, did you guys know this? Jesus prayed. It's amazing. He prayed. He often in the scriptures spent time alone with the Father. And if Jesus needs to pray, I think you and I need to pray a little, <laughs> a little more, right? Because <laughs> he's Jesus. He's, he's perfect. He has an awesome relationship with the Lord. And so his, his disciples were like, wow, this guy likes to pray. He likes to pray way more than me. So what did they, what did they say? Jesus, teach us. Jesus, teach us how to pray. And what does he say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins. And we forgive those who forgive us our brother. And the kingdom of power and glory. Amen. Okay. That's what he said. And he tells them that. And we are, and over the past few weeks, we've been going through line by line and just talking about what it means, what, what these phrases mean. They're not just a magic list of words that you want to say when you want to get stuff, okay? They have deep meaning. They have uh, profound things that we can learn from them. And so um, we've been going off the acronym PRAY. Everyone say PRAY. P-R-A-Y. P-R-A-Y. Uh, the P means pause. R is rejoice, 
A is ask, why is yield? Today we're talking about the big A. We're going to talk about ask, right? And I'm so happy to get to share this part because I think this part of the Lord's Prayer is the part that deals with our specific needs. We're asking God for stuff, right? We're asking Jesus to do stuff in our personal life. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What? Give us today our daily bread. And so today we're going to be talking about daily bread. And this is the beginning of the kind of shopping list, right, <laughs> that we have in the Lord's Prayer. The first part is kind of like, oh, yes, we're kind of reverent, our Father, uh, that are this in the heavens, hallowest beest thy name is. Thy kingdom is come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, Lord, amen, right? It's like those are what the super Christians pray, and now we're getting to the good stuff. Now we're getting to what I need, right? We're getting to my needs, and it's time for us to talk about what that means. It's kind of like Christmas when you're like, you know, how many of you wake up on Christmas morning and your parents make you eat breakfast first before you open presents? Like, no, we're not going to open presents. We're going to eat together, right? What do you want to do? You just want to go and rip open all of your presents. You're like, why are we sitting here? There's presents over there. We, we shouldn't be doing this. And you just want to go rip them open and pass out in a pile of your winnings, right? And so we've kind of went through our Father who art in heaven, uh, thy kingdom come, and now it's time. Let's talk about me, right? And, um, and I think this part of the Lord's Prayer is something that we can all identify with. We can identify with asking God for what we need. Uh, I think a lot of times prayer is an interesting subject because it's like you're talking to something that's not there. <laughs> talking to something invisible. You're sitting in your room alone. God. God. Where are you? And, and it's kind of like this thing where you, you, there's no one talking back and it's kind of weird. But it is also the most human thing that we can do. Humans have been praying since the beginning of time. They've been reaching out for something more, for something beyond what we can see since the beginning of time. For many other, for many, there are many other religions where they pray and, and they reach out for beyond what is just in front of our eyes. And, and this part is I think we can identify with because it says, God, I need help. I need help. And something happens when you're up against the wall with no hope, when you're stuck in the dark with nowhere to turn. Somehow when we're in trouble, our thoughts reach out for someone or something to give us aid as we experience the crippling inadequacy of our humanity. We experience this, this it's not, I need help. I, I can't do this on my own, right? It's when you, it, like everyone prays. Once you get to that lowest of low, you'll find, oh, I didn't realize you... You believed in God, right? <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> Until you need something. Um, and so, but we need to explore what Jesus is really saying when he says, give us today our daily bread. What is Jesus saying? That's a good question to ask yourself when you're reading the scriptures. What does this mean? <laughs> what is Jesus trying to say to me? Um, and there's a great debate going on, you know, um, 
about prayer and praying for parking spots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, you're driving through the parking lot. It's been a horrible day. You're at the mall. God only knows why you're there or H-E-B. And, you're, and then suddenly someone backs out. There's a spot in the first available row. Okay, angels start playing. You don't even have your radio on. You're like, what is happening? There is a God. He is real. Oh, my God, this is amazing, right? Um, or maybe you're on vacation, and you're like, you're going to water park or whatever, and it's raining, and it's bad weather. You're like, Lord, we just, we want to spend this thousands of dollars to go to Disney World. Please just stop the rain. Then all of a sudden, the clouds part. Rays of sunshine come down. And you have the best day of your entire life, right? Um, but and, and of course, the other side of that argument is, uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, I I don't know if God really spends time making sure you have that parking spot. <laughs> like, I, isn't there a little? Isn't there something other things He could be doing? Like maybe stopping world hunger, or maybe. Stopping famine or war or natural disasters. But no, 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 no. You need this parking spot so you can walk a little less, right? <laughs> and, um, and I think for me it depends on which day, which, I mean, wha- how, how I feel that day, on which, which side of I'm on, right? Because on one hand I believe we all should have childlike faith and just ask God for everything. Ask him for everything. And, um, but then on the other hand I'm like, no, <laughs> right? Uh, God has m- much more going on, I mean, and that's just my pessimistic negative mood. You can talk to my wife if you want to know more about that. <laughs> um, but I think the question is, what is Jesus saying? Is he really saying that, give us today our daily bread, give me what I want, give me, give me, give me. This is the part where I get to say, give me. Okay, I prayed all the other, yeah, God, you, you get what you want. Now it's time to talk about what I want. Um, and so I think there are three things. We're going to answer the question, what, what can we learn from this phrase, give us today our daily bread, right? This is what the message is about. We're answering this one question. It's very simple. What, what can we learn, f- give us today our daily bread? And I think there's three things that we can learn, and it comes from Peter Gregg's book, How to Pray, okay? And, and I think there's three things that he kind of talks about, all right? And we're just going to go through each of them as it pertains to our daily bread. Okay, are you guys ready? All right. Um, So the first thing I think that we need to know when we pray, give us today our daily bread, is that Jesus cares about your daily bread. (laughs) He cares about your daily bread. And I feel like someone in this room needs to hear that today. Jesus is interested in the details of your life. He's divinely concerned with you and your needs and your wants and the wants of your heart. And and you are not the last thing on his mind. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with this idea that God is concerned with what's going on in your life, that he's not far away that he, he's close. 
And I didn't realize that I really struggled with this until recently. Misty and I just kind of started, we just started a business. And when you start a business, you really learn to rely on God. And there have been times where it's been literal daily bread. Like, I don't know when the rent is going to come for next month. I don't have, I don't have money. Like, God, I, I don't have time to go make money. I don't know what to do. And, and I'm having to live off of daily bread, and it stresses me out. My wife's looking at me like, you are so dramatic. <laughs> you have always had the clothes you want your whole life. You've always had a nice house, parents that love you, and you've never gone without, right? Um, but, but, but in my context, it, it, is a, it, it messes with my heart, and it messes with my view of God. Um, and when you, So I grew up the oldest of five. Okay, so my parents, at five, I have no idea why they didn't stop after one. <laughs> I was pretty much the perfection that they were looking for. I don't know why they needed four more. I just went through one pregnancy, and I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> Misty and I are probably going to buy the rest of our children. Um, but... <laughs> Um, but when you grow up the oldest, you are responsible for kind of everyone else. Like, you're the oldest, you know better, right? Your brother or sister's about there, like, flicking you or throwing boogers at, I don't know, at you. And you punch them, and you're like, you know better, stop doing that. I'm like, stop telling stop tell them, stop throwing boogers at me. And, um, but, and it, and it just... You're responsible for taking care of everyone. Um, it's really funny because my dad is the oldest and my mom is the youngest. And so now everyone's kind of old. And anytime we want to have family functions, it's always at my mom's house and my dad's house. I don't know why I just said my mom's house. <laughs> it's always at my parents' house. And she's sometimes, and sh they love it. They, it's, it's awesome. They have the biggest house and, and the most comfy couch. So whatever. I'm happy. Um, but there, she's always like, why do we always have to have everyone over? And I get to say, because you're the oldest, Mom. you got to take care of everyone else, <laughs> right? You know better. <laughs> and, and so that's fun. Um, but but you, you need to take care of everyone else. Your feelings of being mad aren't the most important thing because you know better, right? Also, when you grow up in a pastor's home, you kind of are ingrained with this idea that you need to take care of our families on a mission. We need to take care of people. People, we need to put people first. We need to sacrifice. We need to serve. We need to make sure people are taken care of. And that's an awesome responsibility, and I believe that the Lord has blessed me for it. But from my filter and just growing up in my context, I, I think that kind of crept into my psyche about God, that other people are more important, that we need to make sure that others are taken care of, and you're okay. Like, and, and I, I didn't feel like I, and I still struggle with this, that maybe I'm not the first thing on his mind. And, um, and so it's easy to come away with that idea that I'm kind of on my own and, and figuring it out. I got to live by the Bible. I got to do what's right. God's not going to let me die. <laughs> He's not going to let me starve. I'm going to be fine. Um, but am I 
does he really know what's going on every day? Is he, is he paying attention? Is he, does he understand? And I, think, and I think a lot of us struggle with this idea. Maybe you don't have the same context that I do of growing up pastor's kid, but whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe you got disappointed. Maybe whatever, you, you have bad parents and you don't understand, and so you feel like God is a million miles away and never can be interested in what's going on in your day-to-day life. That, that's a common feeling. And it's, by the way, it's what makes Christianity unique. <laughs> Every other religion, guess what you got to do? You got to do whatever this, and you got you to gotta get up, up to God. You got to do things to, to be in that religion. Or to, but Christianity is the religion where he comes here, where he makes the way and comes down to us. It's not just this way. It's this way, too. And so, but that's a hard thing for us to understand. And um, Luke 5, 12 through 13, this is what it says. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing. And I think that's just a powerful statement by Jesus. And I, I hope you can hear that this morning. He says to you in the midst of your mess and in the midst of your needs, I am willing. Oral Roberts says, God wants you well, God wants you prosperous, and God wants you a whole person. It is God's desire that you be healed. It is his desire that you, that you be well. He wants the best for you. And I think that's hard for us to understand. And so I think when we say, give us today our daily bread, I think we have to believe that God wants that for us. I think we have to believe that God knows what our daily bread is. I think that's, that's what it says. It says, you know, it's not God, give me something for the next six months so I can make it happen. <laughs> right? That's a different thing. Daily. He knows what you need daily. And I think unless we understand this, our are that Jesus is intimately and divinely concerned with what's going on, we miss out on stuff. We don't we're not bold and we don't ask for miracles and we're not we're not seeking after him because we don't know if he's seeking after us and he's kind of far away. And and so today I want you to hear that Jesus cares about what's going on in your life. And I think that's good for us to hear. And make no mistake, I am not about just making you feel better. <laughs> about life, like uh, God's highest priority is not really your happiness, <laughs> and um, however, he does want you to be full of joy, and he wants you content, and his way is the best way, and the most fulfilling, and the most full of life, um, and so we need to understand that uh, Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he is who he says he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Right? And so when we pray, give us our daily bread, we're believing God knows what's going on. And it's important to know that he knows what's going on and that he cares. Um, and so that's the first thing that we can learn from uh, our daily bread. Everybody got it? Okay, you guys ready for point number two? 
We only have a couple more points, and then we're going to go watch the Super Bowl. So we're going to make this short and sweet. And then we're going to pray a little bit after and seek the Lord for a few minutes, okay? Number two, it's called daily bread for a reason. It's called daily bread for a reason. Now that we got all the good feely stuff out of the way, <laughs> it's called daily bread for a reason. This idea of daily bread comes from Exodus 16, 2 through 5, right? Moses and the Isra people of Israel, they were stuck in Egypt, right, in slavery. And then Moses comes around and he goes up to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go, right? And then what does Pharaoh say? No. And then a bunch of stuff happens. Moses said, how about now? Then he says, yes. They go. They cross the Red Sea. Then Pharaoh's dead. Then they're in the desert, okay? Got it? That's as fast as I can sum it up for you, okay? <laughs> in the desert, the whole community, so they're in the desert, okay? And, and in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is twice as much as they gather on the other days. I hate this. It's the worst. I am a planner. I'm a planner. I plan. Right? I'm a sailor. I sail. Anyone? Okay. I like to plan out stuff. I like to save. I like to have six months of my expenses saved in the bank. I want to know that, that if I don't work anymore or if money's not coming in, then I'm going to be okay. And when you start a business, nothing works. Nothing works, and it's more expensive than you thought, and it's slower. Oh, my gosh. It's so slow. Every morning I wake up and I'm still depressed that I'm not a millionaire by 25. <laughs> right? I look in the mirror disgusted with myself. Oh, oh. that's sad because I know it's true. Okay. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, I, for one, understand the Israelites completely. I empathize with them. I don't understand people who are like, oh, those Israelites. Oh, how silly. They did not trust in the Lord. No, they did not. <laughs> they, <w> <laughs> I can't, <laughs> right? And they're just like, if I was me, oh, I'd be crushing it, right? I'd be leading them. We'd be in the promised land in like two days max, right? And I'm <laughs> like, no, I get these guys. First of all, first of all, God's like gone for 400 years. What's that about? Okay. And what's that about? And they're stuck in Egypt. Then all of a sudden he shows up again, blows a bunch of stuff up. Okay. Kind of scary. Then asks them to leave their homes, everything they've known, and go to the desert where they got no food. They got no water. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> uh, 
Sorry to all of you. That was a reference. Um, but they're like, they're like, God, what the heck? And I would be like that too. There's no food. There, there's no plants. There's nothing. He has to bang his, his freaking stick on a rock to make water come out. That's crazy. And, and so I understand what they're going through. And I think we all do to a certain extent. Like, when we started this business, I was like, oh, my God, I do not trust the Lord. <laughs> and it was like, a, it was in my spirit, I was like, I thought I did, but I do not. And, and but here's what daily bread does. Daily bread grows your faith and brings you closer to God. I can look back two years and I can say I was that my faith has grown exponentially to now. And I know that I can handle more and that God can do more than, than what this tiny thing that seems so big to me, right? Then making sure I had that 500 bucks that I needed to pay the rent. And, and, um, and now I stressed out <laughs> all the time and I squirmed and I'm like, I don't want this. God, why can't you just, but, and we'd come to the end of the month and then all of a sudden, the right amount of money would come in, right? And I could make it another month, and I could go a little bit further. And and, and I would hate it because I'd be like, what the heck? Like, just give it to me. <laughs> I don't want to sit around and I don't want to sit around and squirm. I don't want to sit around and be anxious and stressed out. But what happens is your faith begins to grow, and it begins to stretch. And so maybe you're in a place in this room right now where you're saying, I need daily bread, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do. Give me my daily bread. And you're just like, stressed out and you're and you're and you're thinking about it i want you to be encouraged that he knows first of all he knows what you're going through he can, and he cares but also that your faith is being stretched the israelites needed to know who their source was they needed to know who their source was before they got to the promised land like they would have gone just they would go crazy if he was just like okay here's everything that you ever wanted and no, like, no work. Like, that's not how you raise kids. You don't just give them everything without them having to learn and having to grow and having to. And so they needed this time. They needed the time to squirm and to say, God, are you there? I don't know. Are you there? Because they needed their faith to grow because of what was next. They had a lot more problems to deal with than just what they were going to eat that night. They had to take the land. They had to do all this stuff. And so in your life, maybe the Lord is stretching you. And, and I feel like in one chapel, Kyle, I feel like it's time for us to make a little more room for God to fill that space. It's time to make a little more room to stretch our faith, to say, oh, this is uncomfortable, but I know what God has for us, and we need more faith, right? Um, and so I know it's difficult, but I want you to, I don't want you to be, <laughs> I know it's very difficult, but be encouraged today that God has more in store for you, and he's and it's good for us to stretch our faith, okay? All right, number three. All right, everyone good? Everyone awake? Okay. Smiling? Yeah, your faces don't seem like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, band, you guys can come up. We got one more point, okay? Daily bread. What can we learn? Give us today our daily bread. And here's point number three. When we pray, God does stuff. When we pray, 
God does stuff. Jesus told us to pray, give us today our daily bread, because he wants us to ask. He wants you to ask him. Mark 10, 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man over. Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I, I love the story because don't you think Jesus knew what the problem was? <laughs> I think every, everyone around knew what this guy's problem was. But he says, bring him to me, and he's like, what's the problem, pal? What's going on? What can I do for you? And he says, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. The scripture tells us to seek and to knock and to ask. I love this quote by Charles Spurgeon. He says, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. Jehovah says to his own son, ask me and I shall give thee heaven for thine inheritance. If the royal and the divine son of God cannot be exempted from rule of asking that he may have, you and I cannot expect the rule to be relaxed in our favor. If you may have everything by asking and nothing without asking, I beg you to see how absolutely vital prayer is. Even Jesus had to ask. And so we should ask. And in, the, in this book, How to Pray, he highlights three reasons why we need to ask, okay? The first one is asking is relational. When you ask, something happens. There's a transaction between you and God. And Jesus is more interested in having relationship with us than just granting us wishes, right? When your kids come home from school, they, you want to know about their day. You want, you want them to ask you questions. You want, want to find out what's going on in their lives. You, you, you want to know, and, and God's the same. He wants us to ask. The second thing is asking is vulnerable. To make a request is to admit some area of personal need. It's admitting to say, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. And then finally, asking is intentional. I love this quote from the book. We are not automatons, mindless bots, pre-programmed and powerless to resist the creator's genetic coding. God respects us too much to ride roughshod over our free wills. And he loves us too much to force us to do his bidding. He comes where he is welcomed, and he waits to answer until he is called. He respects us too much to be like, yeah, here you go, whatever. He respects us too much. He wants relationship. He wants us to ask. When we pray, God does stuff. 
Karl Barth, a, a great theologian, said, God does not act the same way whether we pray or not. Prayer exerts an influence upon God's action, even upon his existence. And this is a crazy idea because God listens. He listens to you. He listens to me. We can pray and we can influence him. Now, the key word is influence. We can't control him, unfortunately, right? But he listens. You know, in Luke, he tells the story after he reads um, the uh, Lord's Prayer. After Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer, he talks about... um, the neighbor and the asking for bread. He tells a parable, and the neighbor, you know, is at home. He just got in bed with his wife and kids. He's turned off the lights. He's locked the door, and his neighbor comes over. He's like, hey, neighbor, can I get some bread? <laughs> I need some bread over here. And the guy's like, what? Shut up. Go away. I, I'm sleeping. I'm done. And he's like, well, I still need bread. Can I get some bread? And what happens? The guy gets up and gives him some bread. And Jesus' point is, how much more does your heavenly Father who loves you want to, want to give you things that you ask for? But here's the, the key is we have to ask. You have to ask. We have to ask for healing if you want healing. You have to ask for provision if you want provision. You have to ask for miracles if you want to see miracles. And we have to keep asking. Seek, ask, knock. It's repetitive. Now, he doesn't guarantee that he's going to do it. And that's the unfortunate part about this whole thing, right? It's not that easy. It's not that easy to pray. I don't know if he listens because he didn't listen that one time. Misty and I, we had two miscarriages over the past couple years, and we asked for healing that never came. Misty's dad passed away just this past summer, right when Georgia May was born of just a freak accident, and we asked for healing that never came. And I don't understand. I'm just being honest. I don't understand. I don't understand how it all works. I don't understand the right way. All I know is that Jesus said he will be with you in the valley of the shadow of death, and that he says to ask. I know that he's with me, and I know that he listens to what I ask for. And he doesn't guarantee the outcome. But he says to ask for it in Jesus' name. And what that, what that means is to ask in the name of Jesus is to approach the Father in the company of his dear son, which means we get that inheritance. We become a son and a daughter of God, and we get to, we get to ask our dad for stuff, right? How many of you have kids, and they're like, I want a pony. I want candy. Can I get this? Can I get that? Can I? You're like, shut up, dude. Right? And God tells us to be like this. Just ask him. Just ask. It creates relationship. It creates vulnerability. It creates this, this connection with the Lord. But we have to keep asking. I love this quote by uh, Archbishop William Temple. When I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. <laughs> when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. When we pray for God to give us our daily bread, we're recognizing that 
He cares about what's going on in your life. We, we trust him to know what our daily bread is and to stretch our faith and to, and to mold us and shape us. And three, we believe that he listens, that he'll do it, that when we pray, God does stuff, that he will give us our daily bread, that he will give that healing that we've been praying for. But we have to believe that he is willing and we have to believe that we can ask him and he listens. And so today, I just want to spend the last 10 to 15 minutes, we're going to enter into worship and just a time of prayer. I, I mean, we've been doing three songs at the beginning through this whole session so that we can practice. I'm giving you 15 minutes right now. I talk to kids all the time. They're like, I don't have time. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to go to youth. I'm so busy with my video games. And you only get busier and busier the older you get, but we make time for the things that are important. And so I'm giving you 15 minutes right now to do the thing that's most important. So um, let's stand up and um, let's, just, let's just enter in. As a family, before we go yell and scream for a bunch of guys running around on a field. <laughs> Maybe we can lift up some praise to the creator of the heavens. And Thanks for joining us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, you can learn about groups, teams, and more at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages from One Chapel on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you're always invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. See you next time.